Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. <laughs> Reason for it, then I'm fine with that. 
You know what I'm saying? I just don't believe in it. So I don't know what an American dream is. Now, if you ask me what an American dream is, I would say to be a thief, to be a murderer, <laughs> to conquer and destroy, you know what I mean? To, to erase people's cultures. See, if you ask me what an American dream, I would take you there. So I don't think you want to know my version or vision of an American dream. But that being said, out there, people on Radio Land, welcome to On Point Radio. This is your host, Mr. Controversy. I wouldn't be me if I didn't provoke or invoke some type of controversial topic and, and make people, you know, I guess, think in a sense outside of their normal thoughts. You know, I speak for the people who who, who have a voice but, ex- but choose not to exercise utilize it. You know what I mean? Or they, they have a voice but are silent for whatever reason. You know what I mean? So I pretty much say what people feel and say what people think but don't say it. You know, so um, I see we got a caller on the line ASAP from the RIP. Uh, we're going to go to Cali. What's up, Cali? Peace, power, and blessings. Who we have the uh, pleasure of speaking with on Point Radio? Yeah, yeah. Hello, hello. I'm in California. Yeah. My name is Jim. Can you hear me? No, nah, we can barely hear you. You have a lot of air in the back, and it sounds like you're uh, on speaker or something. So it's, Yeah, that it's was violent. my speakerphone. I'm sitting okay, here. Okay, we you hear know, you now. Yeah, can you, you can hear me better now? Yeah, I'm just sitting here playing Uno with my daughter. She likes to play card games with me or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I'm repping California, Southern Cali, Riverside. You know, but I was born and raised West Philadelphia. Um, I don't know if y'all in Philly, but um, from 52nd and Market, the strip. I don't know if y'all are familiar with that. Y'all in Philadelphia? Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely, definitely. Yep, we we in Philly, streaming from Long Beach, California. But yep, we we we, we know 52nd Street. Shout yeah, that's, 52nd yeah, that's Street. born and raised, man. That's my home right there, 52nd and Market. I grew up on the newest street. Uh, but um, I think you're correct with everything that you said, and the uh, American dream is different for different people. And the people that raped and pillaged this land, that was the American dream for them. And uh, it worked out pretty good for some people, killing off all them Indians. Uh, us as black people were not innocent in that. Some of us took part in that also. And um, uh, everything... Since we were a part of that, we reaped the benefits of it, too. Like, some people would play football, millionaires, Oprah Winfrey. The successful white people and the successful black people, they all took advantage of uh, raping and the raping and killing of Indians. And uh, some black people killed some Indians because some Indians took sides with the, uh, what do you call it, the British, the Redcoats. Right. They took sides with right. them. To uh, because they got promised things from the from the uh, British, but then some black folk took sides with the white people against the British and those Indians, and we killed all those people off and became successful Americans. So our hands aren't completely free of that blood, even though we had our own problems here in America also, but. That is a part of the American dream for those people that uh, took advantage of that whole situation. Sorry, Indians, but that's just what happened, or Native Americans. But uh, I do 
agree with what you said about that part being the American dream. The American dream for me is just to be free, like you said, live life in pursuit, happiness, and all that good stuff. That's my version of the American dream, even though I'm uh, taking advantage of what happened to the Indians. I'm sitting here living in this land, and some of my uh, ancestors, you know, not willingly, but uh, they, you know, some of them did it under because they were slaves and they had to. Some of them were free, a whole ball of wax, but I don't claim innocent of living here on this American soil or whatever the name of this place is, but I was just saying I agree with you. Wow. Well, a couple things. First off, I want to thank you for tuning in and calling in tonight. Um, And I want you to stay around if you can because I'm going to come back to you when we hear other callers uh, come in and, you know, comment. I'm going to come back to you to get your your take on it, um, if you could stay around. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I can be here. It's only 6 o'clock over here, so I'm good. I'll I'll hang out. Dope, 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 dope. Um, Now, as far as, you know, you do know, that the Buffalo soldiers are the ones who actually surrounded the natives and actually, you know, made them forfeit. You know what I mean? And actually the natives gave the black soldiers the name Buffalo soldiers, they said, because of the color of their skin and the texture of their hair, they resembled Buffalo. That is why they were called Buffalo soldiers. You know what I mean? I, I had the Buffalo soldiers book. I read it, and this was one of the things that I took from it. Um, why they were called the Buffalo Soldiers, where the name came from. So you're absolutely right in saying that we didn't, our hands aren't totally clean. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, it's just like everything else. If you work at Walmart, and you know Walmart is one of the reasons why a lot of mom-and-pop stores are gone now, well, you contribute into the the mom-and-pop stores being gone. But you have to live. You have to survive. You have to make, you know, ends meet. So, therefore, you have to partake in the destruction or extinction of the mom-and-pop stores due to your employment at Walmart. You know what I'm saying? That's how I look at it as far as we go. Like, we didn't have an issue because our ancestors were already over here trading with the natives anyway before they landed over here. You see what I'm saying? So, at that, at that rate, you know, it, it, it became a, a job for them. And then, you know, like you said, they were promised freedom. They were promised all this stuff, you know what I mean? And they were lied to, which is another American dream of me. You know, you have to be a liar. You know what I'm saying? So, excuse me, I want to thank you for your comment and and stick around for me because I definitely want to come back to you. I want DJ Philly Joy, she's out there in the building. I wanted to press that star eight so I can get her on, on this line and talk about the American dream because she always has something to say. She always has some jewels to drop, you know, and I'm interested to hear about her American dream or what the American dream is to her. And there she goes. Peace, power, and blessings. Does DJ Philly Joy on the line? Hello, hello. Paula, you, you live, you live. I'm still here. <laughs> All right, there you go, there you myself. go, there you go. Uh, oh, shucks. I muted myself. So, here. 
let's talk about this American dream. Mm-hmm. What, what is the American dream? What do you think it is or what does it mean to you or do you have an American dream? Uh, I have a dream, a vision that's given to me by my creator, God, and it's nothing to do with American. It could be wherever I am. Wherever I am, I exist. So if I'm here right now, you want to call it that? I don't call it that. I call it my dream, my vision, what I want to put forth. And right now, wherever you are, you got to make your reality. What your reality is, you want to change that? you got to dig in and put the grind and put the work in for it. Regardless of what's going on around you, you got to make your reality what it is. Not, let it not be what it is, but make it what you want it to be. Put it that way. So right now I'm putting my grind and doing my different various works and stuff like that, things I want to do for other people most of all. But i got to work on myself as well. So I'm doing that right now by getting out, talking to you. You encourage me, brother. I thank God for you. And, um, you know, I just think it's what you make it. Life is what you make it. So, no, there's no American dream because people are getting killed and slaughtered still in the streets, and I don't like it. Babies are still dying in the abortion clinics and everything like that. Children are still motherless. You know, fathers are still not taking care of their children. Bottom line, mothers are still, they, they killing the children in the bathtub. All kinds of craziness is going on. People are killing each other. So there's some kind of, some of those suggestion about what America's going on in America right now, but people hate America. You want to call that? People hate this place. They really hate it. I don't hate the place. I hate what the place does to the people. How about that? Just what's going on all around. The capitalistic society, how it keeps putting certain people down. Poverty is just a racket. Money-making racket for the billionaires, trillionaires, whatever they are, is money-making. We are, we are consumers and property still. Slavery has not gone away. It's just changed a face. How about that? So, no. I'm changing my face now and making myself do what I need to do to get myself ahead of the game. Bottom line. But I'm not hurting anybody in the process. Or that's not my intentions of hurting anybody in the process. Or not my intention to put, to put anybody else down in the process. Okay? Just to uplift and encourage and bring people up along, along with me. Not that crap in the mentality. No. You got a dream? I'm going to help you, encourage you to make, put your dream up. Next person? Come on, let's go. That's what, that's what, that's what I'm all about. Period. So that's my, that's my wow. dream. My vision. Wow. And you know what? Yeah. It's funny you said that because the gentleman who was just speaking from Cali uh-huh. said pretty much the same thing. And I wanted to say, well, he, he used the, the term American dream, and I wanted to ask him, and you just said it, is it the American dream? And I'll re ask him uh, in, in, in a minute. Um, is it the American dream or is it your dream? Right. You know I mean, in my post, I said, you know, something to the likings of, I wonder if Dr. King's dream was the American dream. No. Was that an American dream? You know what I'm saying? But, Mm -hmm. again, he said, I had a dream. He didn't say, I have an American dream. You see what I'm saying? So where does that term come from? Why do we even use that that, that, uh, cliché? You know what I'm saying? I got ideas um, about it, but I don't know. Uh, but I, well, I if I can chime in, I know where it comes from. It comes okay. from the people that came over in Ellis Island. Um, they right. all believed in the American dream. And um, I believe that Dr. King's dream was an American dream because he signed the papers with Lyndon B. Johnson, who was he wasn't of African-American descent, but he shared that dream in uh John F. Kennedy shared the dream, and a lot of people that benefited because 
Dr. Martin Luther King's dream wasn't really a black dream because so many other races and cultures benefited from that document that they signed. Uh, I forget the name of it right now. I'm a little tired from working or whatever, but that document that Linda B. Johnson and Martin Luther King signed was an American dream, and it was became a part of, you know, uh, what we use today to help civil rights is not perfect and I'm prior military so I say that my dream is an American dream because even though we got a long way to go we have venues and uh, statutes in Congress and stuff like that that whereas though even if certain people do try to make it hard for you you have avenues to pursue whatever dream you want and if you run into problems. I do believe that America will back you in helping you pursue your the pursuit of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It may be hard, it may be difficult, but you you have a platform to stand on here in America, where in other countries you may not have that same platform, or it may even be more difficult. So, I believe in the American dream, even though it's corrupt. It was founded on corruption. But a lot of people use it today and are very successful. And then again, some people aren't successful. Still got people dying in the streets and things of that nature. But people have been marching. There have been platforms. Some people have made millions of dollars off of the deaths of some black people. Uh, just as compensation where in other countries, if a black person gets killed by the cops in the middle of the street, you just won't get nothing won't even get, uh, 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 what do you call it, any notoriety in the headlines or anything. So it's like it goes both ways. It's a crappy system. We got to deal with it. But our people help forge a lot of what is in that system today. So we got to keep going. But that's all I got to say about that right now. So, so let me ask you this, Carla. I see you. Um, Southwest New Jersey in the building. I see you. I got you in a second. Um, let me ask you this though. So you're you're agreeing that, and I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell all the listeners what they they're saying the American dream means. But before that, you're saying you agree that the American dream is life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's what, when you yes. say you believe in the no, American well, dream. That's what I, I'm I, 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 I am saying that that's just my personal part of the American dream, but I agree right. that it's what you make it to be for yourself. Like you were saying that the that the American dream was the, the killing of the Indians and all of that. I believe that was the American dream too, and that kind of helped what brought it to where we are today because – it's a yin and a yang. You can't have good without evil. You can't have evil without good. And that's just the, the name of the game that was going on all around the world. It's just that the Indians just wasn't prepared for it. When it came to their doorstep, they just wasn't ready. And they got, you know, massacred or whatever. But um, I believe the American dream is whatever you decide to make it. Okay, so I'm gonna give you my little. Right, I want you to know this on 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 point radio. Um, when we have these open conversations, this forum is not anyone 
no one's personally attacking anyone, right? We're just having communication and dialogue um, and conversation in hopes that we can enlighten each other, share information with each other, and, you know, as well as cast our own opinion. You know what I mean? Right. I, so, yeah, I don't believe I don't that anybody is right or wrong or anything like that. You know, everybody's entitled. Like you said, freedom of speech, everybody's entitled to their beliefs and their opinions. Right, right. And and with that being said, I'm going to say this. Right? I believe the American dream, the American dream has nothing to do with us. I'm going to start there. First of all, they don't, and they don't want to even acknowledge us as Americans and never did. So that American dream is, is they? null and void when they? it comes to us. They I, I are the people who are Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. They are the people who came over and took the land and, and did everything that they wanted to do change the language, change the religion, everything that they, they put in place, right, to make them comfortable and to make it known that it's theirs. So this is where I believe the American dream came from. The Europeans that fled from Europe because they couldn't do what they wanted to do in Europe or because Europe was overtaxing them or whatever reason they want to give, right, when they left Europe and they heard about this new land, this was the new land for them to have a new life, to have to liberate themselves and be happy. That's when they left Europe and came here. That was their purpose for having an American dream. And if you don't believe me and you don't agree with me, and that's fine because, again, we, we all have our differences in the pace. But think about it. Every Asian that comes from Asia every Mexican that try and cross that wall, every African that come across the shores, come to this land in search of a new life, a quote-unquote better life, pursuit of happiness, and to liberate themselves from whatever they're going through in their country. That is that. They will tell you in a minute, I came here to have a better life. I came here to, 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 to become successful. Whatever the case may be, that is where the American dream had got from, in my opinion. And it had you nothing to do with that. You are 100% correct. You, have one, you and, are 100% correct. But it does have and, everything and if to do you, with us. And, 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 if you, and if you look at our play in that, we were used as pawns in the chess game. We were tricked, some of us. We were forced, some of us, and some of us just did it willingly, right? Now, we, it doesn't apply to us because they didn't acknowledge us as Americans. And to this day, they still don't really want to. That's why they put the word Afro in front of it, even though we put the, we coined it, the phrase. But, you know, that's good. That's fine to them, as long as they don't have to say American. When well, see, involved. who are they? See, that's that's a big problem. Well, well they, I, they, I have, don't they, don't disenfranchise yourself. When I say no, no, no. When I say they, I'm talking about the Europeans that came over here and systematically created this messed up system in which we live and we dwell. 
I'm talking about the ones, the people that are in power, and the powers that be, and places to make these things occur from the beginning to present. And possibly well, see, even it, through future if we don't get it together. Well, that now that is correct. I mean, you're 100%. It's just certain little tidbits of, of what you're saying I just don't agree with because um, this day is also black people. There's a lot of black people that's in the system that kind of hurts ourselves also. And the 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 way the... Europeans play the game is they don't really care who or what you are as long as they get to push themselves ahead. And if they bring a few people with them, they don't mind. So you can't disenfranchise yourself and say, hey, you know, now black people is just as enrooted in America as Europeans. So... We have the power to completely change the game if we do, like you said, do get ourselves together and play the European game because I got European friends, and they don't care. They'll I, As long as I'm going with them in the direction they're going, they don't care. Only if when I start to pull them back or slow them down, that's when we become enemies. Now, Europeans, they don't care. They'll be racist if they have to be racist. They won't be racist if they don't have to be racist. They just play in the game however is the best. Now, as far as the Mexicans and whoever coming across the wall and being in pursuit of happiness, they don't really care about them. It's just that we only have a limited amount of resources, and they know that because Mexicans are racist as hell. A lot of them don't like black people. So it's, they will come over here, and they will be your next adversary, okay? They'll be like, they'll treat you worse than what white people have treated you. So a lot of people see that, and then they're going to contend against other white people. Like you said, it's like chess. Now, uh, pawns can be very important in a game. You know, you get a pawn in the right place, you'll bring your queen out from the from from hell. So what will happen is they'll get their pawns over here, and they will bring their kings and queens from Mexico, from the from the depths of hell, and then you'll have a whole new adversary. So it's always a yin and a yang, like I said, is always good and bad. You got to know how to play your bad side. You know what I mean? That's why it was certain black people back in Trump because they understand that. Hold up, if all these Mexicans get over here, a lot of them are racist. They're going to be more adversaries. That's just one way to think about it. Or you can say, oh yeah, bring all the Mexicans over. You know, that's the American Dream, Ellis Island, it's got to be a point to where you give it some opposition. You just can't let the floodgates open. Now, who's going to be this bad guy? Who's going to be this face? You know, you don't want it to be a black person. But why, but why, because, but why don't we do you know, Why don't we say the same thing about Africans? Or why don't we say the same thing about Asians? Why, do, why did you just single out Mexicans? Because and Mexico I, is I, right next door, say, and they're putting them out by the millions. 
You know, it's only but so many Africans that can fly over here and make it in here. We got that under control. Asia. Asia's close, but it's not right next door. You got a whole country of millions of people next door that will wipe out somebody. It'll be us. It'll be maybe Asians, other Africans. It'll most likely be us first. Or it could be white people. Who knows what their agenda is, but it's not nothing nice. You know, it's like, okay, we could be nice to them, but are, would they be nice to us? How easy would it be for you to go over to Mexico and have a nice life? You know, see, how easy how would it be you European, to go to though. another country? What do you say? But, but that's how I feel about the European, though. I mean, I don't get that from the Mexican. I get that from the European. You see what I'm saying? Well, you um, just got to get around me, a little bit. I've met some. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, no, yeah, yeah. let me take this this call. I want you to stay there, though, because this is good. I'm oh, yeah, right something. on. You remind right me on. But of I do home. understand what you're saying, though. I'll just give you a different aspect. Yeah. But I, I am right. And, 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 and I appreciate that. I have a homie, because you said you're ex-military. I have a homie that's ex-military. And we have these right debates. On. All the time, like, like we were, we had one debate that said, um, you know, about slavery, and he said slavery wasn't about racism. Slavery was about green. The only color that mattered was green. That was about economics, yada yada yada. And I said, okay, so you're telling me no hate was involved? So you remind me of him, and I and I like this dialogue we had. So I want you to stay on. I'm gonna take this next caller. Right on. Ooh, this is good tonight. This is good. Caller, welcome to On Point Radio. This is your host, Mr. Controversy, a.k.a. Mr. On Point, who we had the pleasure of speaking to tonight. And what's going on, Mr. Controversy? It's your girl, Lady T. What's going on? This conversation is hot, hot, hot. Yes, yes, yes. Very hot. Peace, power, and blessings, queen. <laughs> what's good power. with you? How are you? I can't complain. I'm, I'm excited. People out there in Radio Land, this is Lady T. This is our Tuesday night host. He'll be coming to you tomorrow for her to tell me something good show, and she'll tell you about that later on in the show, how to find out, how to tune in. Her show is yeah. dope. I lied to you not. I jumped in the wheel. Ninety <laughs> percent of the time when she on, I just jumped in the wheel and take the ride with the windows down and Kelly driving back. You know what I mean? Take so it. that's the type take of show it. she got. Y'all got to check her out tomorrow night. Lady T, What's going on? first off, I'm going to tell you her, the brother and myself speaking. You know, I did. Very, very dope conversation. By way of Street. I want you to um, tell us what do you think the American dream is. What uh, Before you even do that, let me do this because I said I was going to do this. I'm going to tell, and, and I want you to expound on this. It says okay. the American dream is a national ethos of the United States. The set of ideas, democracy, right, liberty, opportunity, and equality in which freedom includes the opportunity for prosperity and success, as well as upward social mobility for the family and children achieved by through achieved through hard work in a society with few barriers. If the definition of the American dream, this is the definition um, by James Truslow Adams, life in 1931, life should be better and richer and fuller for everyone with opportunity for each according ability or achievement, regardless of social class or circumstances of birth. Now, that being said, those were two different sentences that said the same difference. Again, that was two different sentences 
that says the same difference. And I'm gonna, can I read another one? I'm going to read a third one for you. I'm going to read a third one for you. A third one says based on, hold it's on, hold the on, idea. Lady Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Lady T, Lady T, Lady T, Lady T, Lady T. Hold on real quick. Come on, you know I'm ready. Tag me in. This was anything but, from my standpoint of our people, none of those words applied to us, which I was telling the gentleman the American Dream didn't apply to us. I heard you. I heard you. All right. So the third definition says that it is the ideal that every U.S. citizen should have an equal opportunity to achieve success and prosperity through hard work, determination, and initiative. And the sentence that they choose is he could achieve the American dream only by hard work. So they switch it up on us a little bit because now you have these little adjectives, pronouns, nouns, and sentences and periods that can have a perception behind it. He can only achieve it by hard work. So now you telling me that there obviously is a level of what you would deem hard work to be. So this is when they, like, as as time goes on, they separate it more and more and more to make us feel like, you know, even when you keep on achieving to what our definition and standard is of the American dream, you still will never achieve it for us. So what I feel like the American dream is from your definition to, and the one definition that I bought to it is lies, lies, and more lies. I feel like the American dream, in order to understand what the American dream is, you have to understand what the people who built America was dreaming. And the dreams had nothing to do with us, and when it had something to do with us, it was so discordant how blacks are inhabitants of the lower bottoms. And, you know, I always go back to the three-fifths of a man and, the, you know, just all the genocide that, you know, comes with the the foundation of how they thought of us. So I can't and will never have an American dream. My dream ain't going to come with America. I'm not going to sleep on it. I'm, my eyes is always open <laughs> when somebody say America, okay? And what you always say, you play to say the America KKK. So being as though I know that, I feel that, I've seen it, I live it, there is no American dream in my conversation, you know what I mean? But it, it, there is a different, you know, a different kind of dream, though. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so I don't know. The conversation that you and the brother was having was very deep, but for for lack of, you know, not even lack of, but just a short in my hypeness because, you know, I get hype. You know, I just don't believe in it. I believe that, you know, it's just a lot of malarkey that goes on with it. And they just do a really good job, but... We're getting ready to be doing an even better job. And I think when people um, educate themselves and read more and read more and read more, that they'll know that, you know, we got to come up from behind the TVs and different things. Because the more I watch TV now, because y'all know I don't really watch TV that much, but I've been getting into, like, different series and stuff like that outside of my norm. And it's like it's a message in everything. So now I'm watching TV even more, not because I'm trying to indulge in it and be like, oh, I'm just going to entertain my my, mm-hmm. my eyeballs. I'm looking at it because, you know what I mean, you know how it was a show, they was like, message. I'm looking at it like, okay, I see you. I'm writing it down. I see what you're doing. I see how y'all moving. Because they're telling themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, America, they mm-hmm. snitches. 
they are some America mm-hmm. is some snitch, okay? So when it comes to our music, I'm looking at the music, I'm looking at the videos, I'm looking at the TV, and I started watching like some old school shows like Little Shop of Horror and School Days and um, Wavy Play, like all the movies that supported and promoted an, an educational and a prosperous black community. And now today I cannot find one, people. Not one. It always has to be something with a, uh, some some type of innuendo, some, some ignorance behind it. Like, you know, oh, yeah, we're going to be proud of being black, but we're, you know, it, it, it's always some slander, period, you know. And it's just like why we can't have, why are all the movies that are supporting blacks' prosperity and leadership success skills and, and mindset only comes with documentaries, and those documentaries aren't easily accessible. You know what I mean? Even you know you can go on Netflix, but a lot of people don't utilize Netflix like that. So for the everyday Amer- American, quote unquote, you know, on the, what they allow us to see um, to educate us in things that are beneficial to our community, it is not available. You know, so I would suggest even you know in this topic that we we do start researching outside of our traditional means of resources to be entertained go on YouTube. There are a lot of black, um, excuse me, entrepreneurs that are putting educational movies and Netflix, I mean, series out and different things like that, that they need support just by your views, you know, and we can just start seeing more of these things um, perpetuated on our everyday TVs because we're supporting it more, you know what I mean? We need to stop being so loathing of the reflection of ourselves to where we can't allow ourselves to assist the people that we should be assisting. So, um, yeah, dope topic. Wow, let me tell you something. You gave the most profound line. You said, before we can, I'm going to say overstand, but you said Mm -hmm. before we can understand the American dream, we have to know what the ones who created it Mm -hmm. dream. Right. That was so prolific. And you From know the what? original, yeah, on I all sides too, Mr. Controversy, for sure. I agree with you 110%, but stay there. Don't go okay. nowhere. Mr. I'm right here. Callie, before I take this next caller, Mr. Callie, I have a question for you. Yes, you sir. I, I was listening. I was Did listening it? to a lot. She said I, I kind of like the way she thinks, but that's pretty cool. It's refreshing to hear a female talk like that. But anyway, oh, thank you, Man, listen, thank you, Mr. Cali. Every female on on oh, well, my radio, I promise this. You oh, my name? Jim. No, no, no. I'm yeah, just, Jim. Yeah, Jim. Okay, but y'all yeah. can call me Mr. Cali though. That's fine. We all no, get a nickname no, anyway. Everybody yeah. else had dope nicknames like hot sauce and all this stuff, and all they called me was Jim. Uh, you, so, Mr. Cali, I can, I can roll with Cali. that. Yeah, dope. All right, dope. So let me let me ask you this. First off, every female that you hear come on on point, you will hear this type of uh, lingo from in the conversation. Very intelligent women, man. You have to tune in more to hear these women speak, and you're going to hear a few of them tonight. You've heard two of them. But let me ask you this question, specifically for you being an ex-soldier, an ex-military man, right? Right. The gentleman who just uh, was, was, was went to court and on trial for the, what they called uh, abandoning his troops or whatever, right? You, you, you're aware of that story, right? I am not. I haven't been following a lot of the. Yeah, I, okay. I, like because when I was in the military, the media 
that I was getting was so different from what was in the United States. I I could get more accurate news reading the final call or something. I'm not Muslim or nothing, but uh, it's right, just right. so watered down and washed down. I don't pay attention. I just concentrate on, you know, me and my pursuit of happiness. You know, getting money, whatever, and all that stuff. I I rarely pay attention well, well, to let what's me... going on in the news. Let me ask you this. I'm, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to do you a little stuff. A Caucasian soldier abandoned his troop. Um, he got caught. He was held captive for five years, but he left his troop. You know what I mean? So he abandoned them. So he had he went to trial or whatever. And, you know, for for a lot of people, you're supposed to, you know, I you're supposed to get die, caught. You're supposed to get You're supposed to get the, the firing squad for that one. Exactly. For desertion? But he did. Yeah, you're supposed to get fact, caught for you that You know what he got? You know what he got? He got, what was that? Uh, a, he got a couple months, some time, but then he got uh, a dishonorable discharge, this, that, and the third. And I, my question to you is, what's this American dream? And this being oh, America. Oh, well, that's, uh, that, that's take, how they do, hold man. Hold on, hold on. If this was a black man, a black soldier guilty of the same crime, do you think that the sentence for him got would have been the he probably got killed in the jail cell or something. Right. If it was a black so, man, it would have been like ten times worse. Exactly, exactly. All right, I, I, let me take this call. I just wanted your point of view on that situation from my ex-soldier. Hold on, hold your line one second. Peace and power. Welcome to On Point Radio. This is Joe with Mr. Controversy, a.k.a. Mr. On Point. We had an honor speaking to tonight. Yeah, Mr. Toback, a.k.a. Mr. I can't believe he said that. What up, what up, what up, what up, bro? Why you feeling, man? Man, I'm pissed. You pissed, you pissed. Uh, oh, yeah. People out there in Radio Land, another on-point host. This is Mr. I can't believe he said that. He on Wednesday. He'll give you his time and all that later on in the show. But right now, we're going to find out why this brother pissed. What's good? Well, first of all, you know I mean, I'm a clear, I'm a clear up any misconception whatsoever. You know what I'm saying? My pop, Dominican and Mexican. My mom is Puerto Rican and Jamaican. My great grandfather from Jamaica. His people is from Europe, from England to be exact. Blonde hair, blue eyes. So technically. I side with my pop. That about the Mexicans coming over here, they taking they go for jobs that we think is beneath us. And as far as Mexicans being racist, I ain't never seen it because half my family is Mexican. You know what I'm saying? And this American dream, fuck the American dream. Because it wasn't designed for none of us. That was for those that came over here and to rape and pillage, as you said earlier. You know what I'm saying? Then when you turn around, the people that came to Ellis Island, all of them fought way better than the indigenous people that was here. Yes, the Buffalo soldiers helped carry, capture some of the natives and do the, the white man's bidding at that time. But you got to remember, we was, like you said, we was already here. The indigenous people of this land, we are them and they are us. That's why when that turned went to hide, they couldn't find you. 
if you look at all the indigenous people of this land, look at their skin. The majority of them are dark, darker than some of us. How do I know? Because my great-grandmother, Queen Esther, was darker than an African to an extent, but she was from this land. You know what I mean? The people, um, I, you know, it's no attack, but, like, military man and all of that, you're fighting for a country that don't give a damn about you. Any man that I say going to see going to the military, I tell him the same thing. Because if you think about it, it was men, black men, that went and fought in World War II and went to, came off their, off the bus with their military outfits on and they still got hung and lynched while they was out here fighting for this so-called country. So all of that American dream, that ain't about us. It ain't for us. The pursuit of having so a American dream. dream. What? So you don't have an American dream. First of all, let's find out what this country was called before they called it America. You know what I'm saying? Right? And I don't care if what any any person with melanin in their skin. You know why everybody with melanin in their skin should have nothing but nightmares? Because you've seen what happened to the last one they said had a dream. You see what they did to him. And, he, and if you want to be politically correct, if you want to be politically correct, he was a sellout. Do your homework. He was in bed with the Rothschilds. Lyndon B. Johnson played a hand in killing JFK. They did not have the same agenda, if you want to do your homework. But don't take my word for it. They only called me Mr. I Can't Believe He Said That, and I got that name for a reason. Okay. Man, wow. I understood. He, he, uh, may I say something since he addressed a few of the things that I said? Sure, 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 sure. Um, number one, I understand everything he said, and a lot of people share that same uh, deal. But uh, I made a mistake when I said Mexicans because not all Mexicans are racist, just like not all white people are racist. And if that was the case, we wouldn't be have half of what we did today. And one thing I learned when I was in the military and reading certain uh, books I had to read to pass certain tests about the generals and um, how they go about defeating other countries and why we're in a situation today where, you know, people ain't just flying over our heads, dropping bombs on us and doing the shit that we do to other people is that you got to learn how to respect your enemy. The way you guys are talking, because I can go off on a tangent and kind of itemize certain things that, that you said, but if your enemy defeated you and was capable of doing certain things to you, that comes with a level of respect. And if you can't respect your enemy, you won't be able to understand why and how he was able to do things and become successful over you, and you will never be able to defeat your enemy. So it's not that, um, they lynch people or call black people three-fifths of a man because they had a lot of respect for black people, and a lot of them still do. That's why the Civil War was fought. That's why we have a lot of European friends. That's why you find black people, um, running the country, becoming mayors, um, achieving high levels of 
success in this country because a lot of Europeans have a high level of respect for us because, like I said, you have to respect your enemy. So that being said, the reason why they do certain things is to ascertain success, ascertain wealth, and nothing is nice. There's no niceties. Where they come from in Europe, that's all they did was war and fight all the time. There was certain villages in Africa where they learned how to live peacefully among themselves. And just like uh, in Washington State, the Native Americans from Washington State up to uh, Alaska, some of them didn't even have the word for hungry because they knew that you're more prosperous if you live in coexistence with each other. So uh, a lot of Native people and a lot of um, people that were conquered, it's not that they were uh, weak or they were stupid or they were indigenous. It's just that they learned over the years that you can become more prosperous and live longer if you don't go around killing each other versus where you got the Europeans where they found peace through violence. So they adapted that and just conquered as much as they could. And so if they found another weak society, what they would do is take over, run shit, and say, hey, this is better for my kids this way. So um, before I could go on, you just have to uh, have an understanding and a respect for your enemy or whatever I say wouldn't make any sense to you. But it's the reason why... Europeans did things the way they did. And the Rothschilds is the reason why they totally suckered almost the whole world, except for like maybe Cuba or a few other countries, got them owing them. And now we have worthless pieces of paper in our pocket. But we're using it to buy all these things, and that's setting them up and their people up for success. So it's like you have to say, hmm, why did they do that? Why was that like that? Why did they try to make Africans think that they were nothing when they were everything, when we taught them everything? And they knew our history, and they knew how rich and of a people that we were. But why did they, you know, switch everything around and trick us it's so they can come up? You know, just like, you know, anybody else. It's just that life is not fair. So that's just all I got to say about that. Well, let me let me say this. Okay. Oh, man, you said you said some stuff in there, and I agree with, I want to say, 80 to 90% of it. Um, I, I think you, you give, you know, Caucasoids a little bit too much respect. Um and, and and I understand you have, you know, Caucasoid. I won't say Caucasian because there's no Asian in them. But I would say Caucasoid, I will give them, I will give you this. Not all of them are racist. I agree with you. But I believe they all have potential to become racist in the right or wrong situation. Oh, yes, definitely. Now, they all are racist as soon as they get a chance. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, I've seen that all the time. Something that you said at home, though. You know what I mean? We, as a people, right, we do have to smarten up, wise enough, and, 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 and educate ourselves. But I'm going to tell you where I learned the art of war. I learned the art of war. First of all, growing up in North Philly, you got to learn something, you know what I mean, about in the streets. 
You know what I mean? You have to have street smarts, but that ain't where I learned it from. I learned it from Sun Tzu's book, The Art of War. Are you familiar with that book? Yeah, I didn't read the whole uh, thing. The war by Sun Tzu. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm familiar with it. So, so, so what you were saying is pretty accurate in the sense that I would change the terminology of respect to enemy. You know what I mean? I, I personally, I think everyone is due respect. A dog, a cat, whatever, is due respect. Now, in that sense, like the art of war says. You have to know your enemy. And I say this often on air. You're absolutely right. You have to study. They studied us. But guess who else studied us? The Asians. That's why they put their hair stores and their Chinese stores in the herd. You know who else studied us? The, the, the Hispanics. That's why the poppy stores are there. But their, their heritage and culture ain't no more uh, uh, firm than ours. Because Spanish was not their original dialect. You see what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, Hispanics are right next to us. That's why they place them in the same areas with us. That is all by design. And I agree with you, but I I wouldn't say respect. You have to respect the enemy. I would say you have to study the enemy and learn the enemy because you're absolutely right. That's what they do. And that's what we have to do. Get ourselves together, start studying them, and that's why On Point Radio is here so we can have this dialogue and we all can become on one accord. Everyone's still going to have their own opinions or whatever, and that's cool, but we have to learn how to agree to disagree and focus on the movement, and that's what On Point is doing, and I'm glad you called in tonight, brother, because, man, I, I, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. No, I, I agree, um, I agree with, with a lot of what he's saying. Yeah. I agree with a lot of what he's saying, but it's just – you know, the context that it was kind of in, I didn't really agree with, but I agree with what he was saying as a whole. Uh, well, right, right well, before well, you get before, this quick, can before, I make one statement? You... Go ahead. Well, my, my, the reason why I can never have American dream, how is it that no sooner than a person of color gets charged with anything or is arrested, they got ties to ISIS, which is a government-funded facility, just like Al-Qaeda. Every time it's someone with a beard, you know, of dark skin or have melanin in their skin, they got ties to ISIS. Oh, we got all this information. We know they was doing this. But as soon as the Caucasoid is caught doing something, he's a lone gunman. He's not a terrorist. See, that's what you got to look at. They've been terrorizing this country since 1492. They've been terrorizing since 1492. Only reason why they got problems with Iraq and everything in Afghanistan, stay from over there and stop trying to steal the poppy seeds and to, to make and get the opioids to make heroin. If you leave them people alone, if you clean up your own house first, then, see, there's no dictatorship. They're trying to be, they, well, there's no democracy. They're a dictatorship. Either you do what they say do or they want to come in and try and conquer. Why don't they leave these other countries alone and clean up what they got here? And if you really All want right, to take care we, of this country, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, bro. Do your thing. Go ahead, finish that statement if you really want okay. to take care of this country. Go ahead. 
And if you really want to take care of this country, how come so many of our military folks that come home are displaced, homeless, and hurting, and suffering? But they gave their life for this so-called great country. That's a, that's, a, that's a good point. To some people, that is an American dream to be a soldier and serve, you know, ask not what you, you could do, you know what I mean, what your country could do for you, ask, you know, ask what you could do for your country. I, I get it. Um, before we take this call, though, and, and we're going to take this call, uh, Southwest New Jersey, shout out to you. Um, but I, I, I'll wait to after this call because that, that, was, that, was, that was something you just said, too. Caller, welcome to On Point Radio. This is your host, Mr. Controversy, a.k.a. Mr. On Point. Who we had a pleasure speaking to tonight? Hello, Mr. On Point. It's Kelly. How you doing? Peace, peace, power, and blessings, Kels. How are you? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. How are you this evening? I'm good. I'm listening. My blood pressure's going up. <laughs> and mm. I, I, love, I love the conversation. I love it. And I love that we're talking about these types of things. I think it's very important for black people to talk about it, have different ideas, um, and this shows how powerful we are, how intelligent we are. So um, as far as the American dream, I, you know, the American dream for me is separate but equal, but that'll never happen. <laughs> but to me, that that would be the dream for me and my children and my family because I don't know that uh, we can dwell in this place and be equal and for black people to really experience that dream, that so-called dream. So, you know, uh, I believe it was, uh, I believe it was Malcolm X, uh, Muhammad Ali, one of of the two, or maybe both that said, you know, separate but equal. And I, I never understood the whole integration thing. I mean, I wasn't, alive at that time, but studying it, it was like, why? You know, I think that we deserve equality. We definitely can't go back to where we came from. We're not, we're contaminated now. We're not, you know, we're Americanized. We're, you know, we're poisoned and brainwashed, so we can't go back to where we came from. But we can build and we can create our own. And, and I think it starts with conversations like this. Wow, I agree. And people out there in Radio Land, I want to introduce to you our Friday night host, Miss Kelly, who also has a youth movement for young ladies, girls like us, for girls like you, Inc. I apologize. Um, So people out there in Radio Land, people on, on Point Radio, don't talk the talk, they walk the walk. These are people that come in and call in and they, they, they're doing something in their community or they're doing something for their people or with their people. And that's why, you know, On Point is here to build with like mine. You know what I'm saying? So um, I want to thank all the listeners and callers that's, you know, calling in and giving their opinion. Um, before I address Kelly's situation, I want to say, to Mr. I can't believe he said that, and to Mr. Kelly. DJ Philly Joy, who I'm ready to go right back to, um, put it back. She said, people hate this country. People hate this country. And she's absolutely right. 
And there's reasons why people hate this com- this country. And back to Mr. Talley, what he said earlier, yes, the caucasoids will do whatever to get on top, to stay on top, including sacrifice their own. Um, DJ Philly Joy, you in the building? DJ Philly Joy. You got to sing to her. You got to say she give me joy, joy. All <laughs> right. Uh, she she on. I know she on. She probably moved her phone or, you know, she, she'll be back. She'll be back. Um, so, Lady T, you hear everything that's being said. You heard what Miss um, Kelly just said and, and saying that we can rebuild. You know yeah. what I mean? We can do this. We can come together. What are your thoughts on how do we do that and, and, and have our dream instead of an American dream? How do we go about getting ourselves together and on one accord, you know, because we all have different opinions and because we are an emotional people, you know, and how do we do that? Um, for me, first I want to say, hi, Kelly, how are you? Welcome. Hey, Thank you. I'm well. Thank you. So I wanted to say that um, the first way you do it in the way that I felt confident in, you know, being on board about you know, who I was and my, my culture, because before, prior to me really getting the knowledge, I really couldn't wholeheartedly, you know, feel the same way, because if someone were to ask me about the situation, I wouldn't be knowledgeable to speak on it, you know, in a way that they could understand or be like, okay, I understand what you're saying. I would just be coming off some, oh, you know, they enslaved us, you know, with real no facts. So, Ultimately, I think that the the number one thing is to stop being afraid of the thing that we actually have now been afforded to just do freely, and that is read, mm. because reading gives facts. Researching gives facts, and you cannot deny the facts, and you can't get it from the Internet because the Internet is changing every two seconds. The dictionary gave you 17 different things about the, what the American dream is. You know what I mean? So... Reading is number one because, like I said earlier today, in order to understand what the American dream is, you have to understand the thoughts and the dreams of the people who founded this, you know, this this place. So I'm just going to give a little bit of the two people that um, I had researched and had gotten some information on. Our President James Madison had made a statement about how blacks are inhabitants, but as debased by servitude below the equal level of free inhabitants, which regards the slaves as divested as two-fifths of a man. And that's what I'm always talking about, the three-fifths compromise. And then to the next person that, you know, we all heard about and feel highly about, I mean, we sing his song in church, Reverend John Newton, who says that slaves are lesser creatures without Christian souls and are not destined for the new world. And then he wrote Amazing Grace. So the Internet is going to give you dilution of who these people are, you know, in the world because Jane Madison has a college, and so you know what they're teaching them. This is not a college that just has his name on it. This is a college that is raising people to be in the politics, to be in the higher-ups, to believe the same exact thing of what he believes. You're not going to make a college without the, the mission statement and the, and the foundation of what this man believed, which was that we were three-fifths of a person. So, like I said, reading is fundamental because instead of looking at, you know, I'll be around my around my family members or friends that are not, 
you know, reading as much as they should. And they're like, oh, my God, Tiana, everything is not this. Everything is not that. And I'm like, just read. You know what I mean? Just read. I'm not just saying it just to be saying it. Trust me, I wish I didn't have to have this debate because you were one of me. You're my people. So I don't want to, excuse me, have to have this conversation with you and I make sure I don't do it in a context where it's angrily. You know, we had this conversation before about, you know, just refuting our faith, our belief, our truth. So I, you know, make sure that I just give them facts, like, you know, okay, well, read into this or listen to this woman or look at this episode and, you know, do your own research. Because a lot of people get their knowledge from, you know, we can just be having this conversation and they can take what I say and just regurgitate it, you know, just repeat it as opposed to going and saying, okay, well, let me look about it. Let me look it up. You know, so, you know, it's levels to this thing. And in order for us to bridge together, which we are doing, the way that we are doing it is because, excuse me, we're not going off of what we heard. We're not going off of just our social learning um, from our history, Um, but we're going off of facts. We're going off our experiences today and also reading. You know what I mean? We read and we look up different things in order to give ourselves knowledge and to get a full understanding to where we're not angry about our past, but we are fueled by it to move forward and, you know, produce love and eradicate hate because that's where ultimately all these things stem from as far as ignorance, the hate. So I'm I'm down for, you know, building for sure. I think it's awesome. Well, let me let me say this. You you touched on something. Um, reading. Well, yeah. two things with reading. And then I'm gonna go to Kelly and I'm gonna go to Mr. Kelly and back to Mr. I can't believe you said that. Two things with reading. Number one, we were beat um sometimes shot, you know, if we knew how to read, we were sold. Right. We were not allowed to know how to read. It was a reason right. for that. And then later they changed it and they said, if you don't want a black person to know something, put it in a book because they don't like to read. So after you told us we couldn't read, and then you gave us these biased tests that that didn't make sense to us while we were reading, and then you made us read like crazy and made us read stuff that had nothing to do with us or had no interest Mm -hmm. of us, of ours, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So now you're telling me, that I don't like to read. Can I say wait, something real quick? You created, okay. you created me not <clears throat> wanting to read, but that was the next thing they said. You don't want a black mm-hmm. person to know something, put it in a book because they don't like to read. And that right there tells you our, our reading levels and everything else is so slow, but it was a conditioning. So you're absolutely right. We must read. <clears throat> Go ahead. I um, read up on my younger sister's homework. She's in the um, fifth grade. And I was so furious, you know, and, and good, fortunately, my mother is a, a mom who she takes my sister in and out of school. My sister be homeschooled half of the time, and then she goes to school. She tests in. But um, she bought this homework home, and I'm reading it, and it sounds just exactly what I said James Madison said. It, it literally could have gone as blacks are inhabitants but are debased by servitudes below. The wording was something that a college student would have to go to a dictionary for it. So I'm like, you know, and my sister's intelligent and she will go to the dictionary, but I'm like, that is confused. Why are you reading this in the fifth grade? And this is something that I could be reading in college and in my master's program. You know what I mean? Like that is that's crazy because for me, a child who I love reading, 
but my attention span would go. If I was to read a couple of those words in the fifth grade, I would literally black out. I would, I would, I would tap out. I'd be like, I'm not reading the rest of this. I don't even know what this thing is talking about because the crazy part is they don't even make kids. They get make kids get three hundred dollar um, calculators for math. These TI eighty threes, but they never require yeah. a child to bring a dictionary to school. Never, never. But they have these words that are crazy. You know to where, you know, they don't really understand them, to where they would need a dictionary, but they don't require dictionaries in school, and that's cheap. They probably have one to a class and then the smartest, quick kid with the, you know, no disrespect, but I'm just creating an image with the glasses on. She got it underneath her desk or in it, ripping out pages and stuff, putting them on her wall, like, okay. But, yeah, man, it's, you're right about the reading situation, and it is hard. But, you know, if we start building this community, then, listen, y'all could come, and I'm, I love to read and write, and we can break it down together. <laughs> Shoot. And I'm with that. Together. All right. I'm, I'm with that. And, Kelly, let me ask you this. You're still with us, Kel? I'm here. All right, so let me ask you, based off of what Lady T just said, right? How, what, what, is, what, what do you think? How do we combat that situation where I, I'm an ex-school teacher? I mean, I, I used to make my children copy the dictionary. You know what I mean? Now, they told me I couldn't do that. I still did it. But they told me I wasn't supposed to be doing that because it's capital punishment. I said, what's wrong with them learning new words in their vocabulary? They said, well, it's not that their hand cramps up. I said, listen. They ain't worried about that while they acting a the fool in my classroom, disrupting my classroom. Right. And you know what? They stopped doing a lot of the stuff they were doing, and they would come up just to play paper football and stuff like that for lunch instead of copying the dictionary. So what is wrong with that? Why do you think dictionaries are even scarce in, in, in school now? You know what I mean? Why do you think that? They go tell them to get these $300 calculators that they're never going to use in life unless they become accountants or something. You know what I'm saying? They're giving them pointless information and education on things that they're really never going to use. You know what I'm saying? Why do you think that this is a systematic scheme? And then while you're thinking about that, think about why it is that they they have our children tested all crazy. You know what I mean? Why Why is it that these children are being tested all crazy? Why are they being taught to be uh Jack of trades, but masters of none. You know, we expose you to ma- the multiplication today, and tomorrow we doing division. I mean, we doing uh, fractions. Like right. they didn't even learn multiplication yet. Why do you think this systematic system is put in place like that? If we're all supposed to have that American dream to prosper, right? Well, um, it's funny that you're asking me that because this is a real issue for me as far as um, my girls group and just, you know, talking with parents and teachers, the school system, of course, has changed a lot. It's it's not about the kids anymore. It's not about them grasping anything in particular. It's about, like you said, them taking these tests, these rigorous tests, and the schools are getting massive grants for every test that is given to the kids. they're not there to actually learn anything and to really receive the information. They're there to prep for these standardized tests. The school gets grant money for it, bottom line. That, mm-hmm. That's it. So mm-hmm. um, we have a responsibility as 
adults and, and activists to teach them at home. My children, I do not believe they're learning anything at school, nothing. They're, they're, they're learning how to be stressed out. That's what they're learning because everything is we got to hurry up and teach them this concept, and then we have to test them on it. we got to see how quick they get in. We'll see how fast. And that, that's all that it's about. It's not about them actually learning anything. So we have to reiterate all of these things at home. I mean, when you go back to um, them reading, my kids, they couldn't even put a scratch on their book or write in their book. I let them know from babies that this is a, an important right that you have to read. And I used to tell them, you know how many black people died because they wanted to read? You know, so I, I tell them that. And I leave books all around, you know, just different subject matter. And I they're just decorations. So they can be provoked to one day pick it up, and they always do. So we have to always keep them reading, give them different things to read, give them different ideas. It doesn't have to be all one one subject, but they definitely have to get this at home because the school system right now is not designed to prepare them for life. It's designed to stress them the hell out. And these tests that they're given, they have to have a certain amount of kids pass. They have to have a certain amount of kids fail. A certain amount of black kids got to pass. A certain amount of black boys got to fail. And they have criteria. If we look at the school report cards, these report cards that are posted online for each school, each district, they have to have a certain number. Those report cards are reflected by these assessments that they're given all throughout the year, all these tests. So that's why. It's not about the kids. It's about the school rating, and it's about the amount of money they're going to get to air condition the, the main offices and put the latest technology in the school so the superintendents can brag about it. It's not about the kids at all. Because I have more kids in this town in night school than in regular school for disruptive behavior. Well, they're being disruptive because you're drilling them and you're making them take tests and they have to be done with it in one minute and three minutes and they're stressed the hell out. They don't get a break. They're not getting healthy food to eat. And it's just a stressful environment. I'm actually thinking of homeschooling my youngest because of it. So. I think that um, I, I, I really don't like to point outward. I'm tired of pointing outward. I want to create solutions within my, my corporate, my organization, rather. I have several incentives going on right now, and a lot of them are geared to the reconstruction of, of the black mind, how we think, what we're learning, what we're watching, and for us to be very aware of all of this and stop thinking that it's cool to watch Cardi B. It's not cool. That's not cool for the little girls to watch. And, but we have to retrain. Everybody has to be retrained. So I'm putting in a lot of incentives um, for that, you know, for us to, to start rehabilitating the juveniles in the detention centers, start helping these black men and black women who are in jail ready for release. We've got to start preparing them for the real world. And I, I think that's our responsibility. So, you know, that's just how I think um, public schools, they're, they're not preparing our kids. They're, it's, set up like, it's set up like the prison system, and that's what they're hoping for as far as, you know, black men especially. But it, it's set up, that's, they're setting it up the way they want it to end up. 
and we have to intervene immediately. It's urgent. Wow. Um, hello. Man. Can I can I say something? That, this is uh, Callie, I'm very, Mr. Callie. Yeah, I, it's probably not on, my turn to, yet. Um, Mr. Callie. Yeah, yeah. Hold on for one second because I am about to come to you. But I want okay, you to cool, think cool. about something before you speak. Before you speak, I Roger. want you to think about something. Um, Roger. Miss Miss Kelly just made a valid point. I'm a I'm an ex school teacher, so mm-hmm. I know everything she's saying firsthand to be correct. Now let me ask you this: Why do you think mm-hmm. that the the other countries like Asia and Africa and these countries that are supposed to be either so third world or so poor or so bad, you know what I mean? Why do you think that, like for instance, the Asians they do not they stay on a lesson for three months if there's division. They'll stay on it for three months until every child learns it and has it before they move on to the next, you know, lesson. Why do you think that? And then we wonder why they come over here and a 12-year-old that should be in sixth or seventh grade is in ninth or tenth grade. I went to school with some of them people like that. You know what I mean? Um, Why do you think that is? Why do you think that other countries take time on their education, but over here we expose them to it and not – teach them to master it, but we'll pay athletes and everybody millions of dollars. Why do we value entertainment over education, and why is it other countries value education over entertainment? Unfortunately, that is not my realm of expertise, but it's just like she said, I do exactly what she said. I teach my kids everything at home first, so they all honors. My kids has been tested for gifted programs. My daughter, they want her to go to some magnet school or something, even though I'm keeping her in her the neighborhood school here where I live at because, I, you know, she rides the bus to school every day. But it's like uh, I teach my kids old school arithmetic. They divide the old school way, everything. I teach my kids everything at home. So they got – basically straight A's, all A's and B's, because like she said, they don't really teach them much at school, so I just keep them prepared, even when they was like in kindergarten or whatever, I had a book from Walmart and stuff like that, and I just would teach them ahead of time, you know, I'm not familiar with the education system, even though I just graduated with my uh, second master's. Uh, my MBA from University of Phoenix, you know, they give us all this free education money. The military people, but like she said, that's that's what I do. And then I run into a lot of dumb Asian people, you know. So, <laughs> and they it's not all of them. It's just you know some of them, and it's like uh, the it's it's not like it used to be. Like when I was in elementary school, I went to Darrell on fifty. Six in summer. I don't know if y'all know where that's at because some of y'all from Philly. That's on like 56 and Arch around that area. But those teachers there, they, you know, they made sure we knew how to divide, subtract, all that crap. When I was in, it wasn't like my mom, she did some stuff, but I don't know. It's like the inner city. Uh, like in my neighborhood, the I don't know. I think they closed Huey, but it's like a little bit different than some people because black educators, I think they take a little bit more time, and that's like what I instill in my kids is like 
what my teachers kind of instilled in me when I was in elementary school. So it's a little bit different because black educators, I think they care a little bit more. Like my kids is in white schools. They don't give a crap. They just dish it out. You know, if my kids fail or whatever, they don't give a damn. But if my grades start slipping, my teachers would be in my face. You know what I mean? Or have my mom come up to the school here. Uh, my kids' grades never slip, but their friends' grades slip. They just get like a letter, maybe an email. They don't never get a call or get invited to the school or anything like that. So I'm not sure, you know, and I think that system is becoming more, is growing. See, we're used to like having our black teachers and stuff like that. They're more personable. They you know, I had my teacher, Miss my uh, what's her name? Uh, my principal, Mrs. Foxworth. She used to have like a fifteen rulers taped together. You know, she'll bring you down to the office if your grades start slipping. Here is more impersonable. So, like she said, it's up to the parents now versus the teachers being more involved. Like back in the day when I was coming up in grade school. So that's what I do. I just teach my kids at home and. That's all I got to, you know, that's all I, you know, really got to say about that. But it's like next time I'm going to have to have like a pen and a paper because, man, you guys are in depth. I even feel motivated, you know, <laughs> like I want to like go do some stuff tomorrow or something, you know, like I want to, you know, go do something. I'm talking to you, I feel like uh, motivated, so even though I'm doing a lot already, but. You know, it's just uh, pretty good hearing from, you know, like peers of the same kind of people. You know what I mean? Because I've been like, right. since I've been in the military, I've been kind of separated from home because I just work wherever I get the money at. Right. So right. that's what brought me here to Southern California, even though it's very nice down here. But uh, that's, you know, it's just kind of refreshing to hear home, people. Then. Of my peers on like on like my level, you know what I mean. Thinking some of the things like I'm right. thinking, and like uh, like the other uh, lady said, I forgot her name. Like I said, next time I'm gonna have to have like a pencil and a paper or something. Like it's like with the reading, that's like really more important now more than ever because the internet they change things and they don't go through the same vetting system as like a publicated book that's been published and certain articles and a kid when he goes through like the internet and reads something he's not going to know how to look to see if it's authentic or not but in a lot of the books from back in the day or some of the books they've been published and go through certain criteria um with the I forget the name of it, MLA, APA, whatever, different types of things and publications and stuff like that and editors and all that kind of stuff just to make sure it's authentic. So there's a lot of bogus information going on the Internet right now, and reading is very important. But another thing you said was true also that there's levels to this crap. You know, I don't want to say the profane word. I think that's Meek Mills or something like that. Uh, when you talk to people, you got to talk to them on a level. Every time, like, you, like when you talk to somebody on a level, and then you can slowly bring them up to your level, you can't just be like, bam, 
boom, you know, right. I'm just going to hit you with my level right. of the game. That's just not going to work. You got to talk to them where they at and then see where they at and see where they're doing because another thing about America is it really wasn't built for groups of people to come up at, you know, together. It's built for the individual. So that being said, like what the Caucasians do, they worry about themselves first. Once you get yourself to a certain plateau, you know, whatever level you at, you get with other people on that level, and then you try to make moves on that level with other people. But it's really all about the individual, certain things that you would think that is going on is not, like, really going on. Like, it's white people that can't stand each other. You know what I mean? That's why they fight, have wars. They've been fighting each other since over in Europe. Some of them just I can't stand. Yeah, some of them just can't stand each other. You know what I mean? So it's it's just all about making that come up. You know what I mean? And then like us as a group, however, we decide to network from here. And I will be very interested with networking with y'all. Maybe sharing some ideas about maybe some of the things y'all talked about. Uh, well, you know, first you get your stuff your situation together and where you're at, and then you work at that level. Like you said, there's levels to it. And then once you get that going and you reach the next level, you can bring people up with you as you go. But, you know, you just got to understand their, their their level and where they're at and approach them where they're at. And there's other few things that was mentioned, but like I said, next time I have a pen and a paper, I forgot. But that's all I got to say about that stuff right now. Right. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. First of all, I'm gonna tell you how to follow us. That's what I'm about to do now. The following. Um, but I want to say to you that was Mister. I can't believe he said that. Who said his levels to it? And he also uh, sent me the message saying that Huey School is still open. You know what I mean? The school that you were speaking about on 56 and Arts. Um, he said it's still open. Uh, now. I have a question for everyone that's on the line. Call I see you. I'm gonna get to you in one second. After the following, as soon as I'm done the following, call you on. Before the following, I'm going to ask this question to everyone that's open on the line now, including the caller that I'm going to get after the following. And this is how we're going to end this show. How do we get our children to catch the American dream? Or should we even allow our children to taste the American dream. That's the question I want y'all to think about while I get this following. People out there in Radio Land, you want to be a part of this on-point movement, know that on-point is an attitude, a mindset, and a movement. Again, on-point radio and on-point enterprises itself is an attitude, a mindset, and a movement. Reach out to us on Facebook, on-point enterprises. Again, Facebook is On Point Enterprises, On Point, one word, O-N-P-O-I-N-T, Enterprises, E-N-T-E-R-P-R-I-Z-I-Z. Um, if you're on Instagram, team underscore On Point 215. Again, Instagram is team, T-E-A-M, underscore On Point 215. If you're on Twitter, at Team On Point. Our Twitter is at Team On Point. You can also go to our website, onpoint215.weebly.com. 
Again, onpoint215.weebly.com. And you can also give us a call or a text at 267-417-ONPT. That's on point, 267-417-6678. Or you can email us any of your comments, suggestions, concerns, or topics you want to hear us discuss. Shoot us an email at onpoint215 at gmail.com. Now, before I go to the callers, that's open already. I'm going to take this caller, get their ideology or theory on the American dream, and then I'm going to come back and have everybody answer the question of how do we get our children to catch the American dream, or should we, or do we even allow our children to chase the American dream? So, without further ado, caller, welcome to On Point Radio. This is your host, Mr. Controversy, a.k.a. Mr. On Point, who we had a pleasure of speaking to tonight. Yeah, 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 man. My phone dropped. What's good with you, man? What's good with you? I can't call it, man. It's crazy outside. People out there in Radio Land, this is DJ Chill, our Thursday night host on On Point Radio. Here to tell you where to find him and catch him later on in the show as well. Before we conclude, the DJ Chill, as we're talking about the American Dream tonight. What is the American Dream? you and do you have the American dream or are you chasing the American dream? Well, the American dream <laughs> American dream is nothing now because you're supposed to be able to do whatever you're allowed to do. I said allowed. <laughs> that is what it is to do. Um, my American dream is to actually go where no man's gone before. Have a whole bunch of unbelievable corporations, such as, you know, like a mall, Home Depots, whatever, all types of things like that, where though my children's 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 children will be able to live comfortable for the rest of their life. That's, in America, that's for an African-American or a black man. That's something that we're not allowed to actually have. And it's a shame because you're supposed to be able to do or be anything you want to be. But there's stipulations that's on anything that we do. And if we get to that level, which is um, unbelievable, Either you're going to have an issue or you're going to have some major problems. But everybody else is cool. That's Caucasian, that is. So, do you have an American dream? Yeah, that's it. I said, I'd love to have a whole bunch of corporations. So, oh, I was going to say, you know. Yeah, so I can have all everybody in, in you know that I know of, from black, white to Oriental to Hispanic to whatever, to have a job and everybody eating very well. Instead of just well one race be able to eat very well. Before I go to the next open caller to ask them the answer that question. 
Uh, Mr. Kelly, I wanted to address something you said earlier about the um, the, the caucasoid uh, worrying about themselves first and then everybody else after. Well, every nationality does that except for us. I mean, that's why you have so many poppy stores, so many Chinese stores, so many hair shops, so many African breeding shops. That's why, you, because they worry about themselves first. It's not just the caucasoid, and I'm sure you know that, but I just wanted to point that out. But DJ Chill. I'm going to start you off with answering the question. How do we get our children to catch the American dream, or do we even allow our children to chase the American dream? Dag. Kind of question. Oh, man. Um, to get our children believe or chase the American dream is just like having them believe in Santa Claus. <laughs> it's, it's, it's sad because it's like... Very true. Like that. I like yeah. that. <laughs> I, I, man, look. So you say we don't... You say we don't uh, let our children chase an American dream. That's what you're saying. You say no. Yeah, I mean, like, think about it. You give them a, give them wishful thinking, but they're never going to get their wish fulfilled. It's just, mm. you just climbing that ladder, climbing the ladder, and every time you get, like, probably two steps off the ladder, you knock right back down. And so you, it's worse than crashing the barrel. Over. It just, it's, it's a mental mindset that's just not going to be completed. You just, you just frustrated. It, it, it gets to you to the point where you just, you know, if you don't have a renewing of your mind, you will give up, and you might end up being where they want you to be, prison or, or an insane asylum or, you know, a nursing home. <laughs> Either one. <laughs> or a cemetery. Yeah, 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 I forgot about that. Well, um, wow, I, I like that. Leaving Santa Claus, um, Cali. Yo yo. I, I want to say before. Yeah. Before, before, before you. <laughs> I, I, before we before you answer that question, though, I want to say thank you for your your comment, man. That meant a lot to you know us at on point because that's what we aspire to do. You know, to make people think outside that box or that circle or whatever. You know, or outside the box but into the circle. Um. And that's what we aspire to do, man. So I appreciate that comment that you gave us, and we do hope you continue to listen. Um, if you did not hear the following and you want to follow us so you can see, you know, what show is on next, what night, and, you know, and you want to tune in, uh, I'll give you that information again once we, you know, conclude everyone answering the questions. But now, oh, well, the question, I'm definitely intrigued, and I, and I think uh, in the future I'll have things to offer. You know, and I would like to connect back with the black community because I've been separated for a long time. And it's pretty cool to hear people from, like, my neighborhood and stuff like that. It's like because uh, I, I frequently don't get a chance to visit home. Uh, I started – I heard about this from the Calvin Myers. I don't know if you all familiar with him, but he had he was on a, a talk earlier, like a Christian talk show. He's a minister. You know, that's my cousin. Okay. He's doing positive things in Philadelphia and stuff like that. So when I heard you talk about the American Dream, I uh, I don't know if you were on that show earlier. 
but yeah. I said, hey, I'm going to listen in, but I'm definitely going to, you know, chime in on the future. I mean, in the future and stuff like that. But I kind of got like a West Philadelphia mindset, so it's kind of not like I don't know if any of y'all from West Philly, but it's more like you know I'm going to play the game and get mine. However, I'm going to get it. You know, it just doesn't matter what's who's doing what or how they're doing it. You know, I I, I had a lot of falls, I had a lot of wins, but. I'm definitely going to have my kids uh, play the game, and the game is the American dream. If you don't even play the game, you don't even have a chance at winning. I mean, there's so many successful black people. It's kind of hard for me to to even tell my kids not to pursue the American dream. I mean, look how much we did. We created this American dream. I mean, we with all the work that black people did in this country – it's people is successful because of the work we did. So how could I not have my kids, you know, disenfranchise themselves? When you say you're not pursuing the American dream, that's your own dream. And I feel as though that you just disenfranchising yourself again and you like having them win. Like the people that say we three-fifths of a man or whatever y'all was talking about earlier, it's like they were doing it to mess with your head. You know what I'm saying? Make you think you three-fifths of a man, not that you are. It's just uh how they run a game on you. So it with works. that being said, and it continues well, it works work. for some, but not for all, because <laughs> there's a lot of successful black people in this country, man. And even though we got enemies, you can't confuse. You got to know who your enemies are. And when you recognize that, you know what I mean? You'll say, bam, they're my enemies. They're my associates. You know, I'm going to work with my associates to better myself, no matter what color they are. Then I'm going to oppose my enemies. You can't just group them all together like, okay, all of these people are my enemies. No, you got to be able to recognize who's your enemies and who's not your enemy. I think Farrakhan was the one that I got that from. It's like uh, every uh, race of people, they know who their enemies are. Black, a lot of black people are confused on who their enemies are. You got to be able to label who your enemies are and go directly after them. Just like you had white people. I hear y'all talk about white people in the past that called this three fifths of a man, all this other kind of stuff. But you don't talk about the abolitionists, the one that fought and died to set us free from free from slavery, the ones that fought side by side with black people, lost their lives, gave up everything, you know, for their friends who were black people. I mean, you're just not going to have people live in your house most of the time and not be friends, some of them. So um, it's a lot of opportunity for some people, and we do have enemies here, though. But you can't just say, oh, I'm going to be afraid of my enemies and I'm not going to do anything because my enemies exist. No, we're going to defeat our enemies and try to partner with the ones who are not our enemies because then you'll be confused and you think everybody's your enemy and everybody's not your enemy. And I do believe that my children will have a positive future in this country, but they are going to have enemies. There are going to be times when they're tested, there are going to be times where it's going to be people that are white that's going to be racist. It's going to be people that's white that's going to help them. So 
I'm just going to guide them through the process. I'm not going to dictate my children their lives because I believe as a parent I'm not a dictator. I'm just a guide. You know, I'm just guiding them through to the best of my ability. And whatever choices they make is the choices they make, even if they become criminals. I'm not going to leave their side or not like that. That's just the choices that they make. It's not a reflection of my parenting and stuff like that. That's another problem that black people have is that they blame themselves for the mistakes that their children make, even though they raised them correctly. And uh, it was a white lady that told me that. It's not black parents and why black kids go and become criminals and stuff like that. It's just the choices that they make. You can't blame yourself for the choices that your children make. You just have to be a guy because they don't have to listen to you. They don't have to do what they tell you to do. It's just that you know, a lot of the lifestyles is appealing, you know, being adrenaline rushed, you know, I grew up in the hood. I know what it's like to go out with my friends, roll on people, get rolled on. Uh, I'm not going to incriminate myself, but I know what that feels like, that adrenaline rush, and it has nothing to do with my parents and where I came from. It's just something I decided to do. I'm glad I didn't get caught up in that lifestyle and I didn't get any felonies, but that's another thing that I want to get into later is that the reason why we don't have stores and stuff in our community because we're not forced to live that kind of life because a lot of those stores in our communities, because they can't get jobs that we can get because they're not citizens. Mm-hmm. And they're like second-hand citizens. So they can't get the jobs that we get, so they have to open up those stores there. If we didn't get felonies, we could run corporate America. We can be presidents. There's nothing stopping nobody in our community from being president or the top-running person in Apple because there's laws to actually put us in those places. But once again, our enemy, they created the felony for misdemeanor crimes like peddling crack or something like that. You ain't going to hurt nobody by selling a vinyl crack or whatever. That's because they want to buy it. You know what I mean? That's what they want to do. But they change the laws because they know that, okay, they don't have no businesses established and we killed Black Wall Street and we did this and we did that. So we're going to make this a felony. Boom. And, you know, some of the other white people probably try to fight it or whatever. You know, you could do the research and stuff. Some didn't, but they lost. You know what I mean? So it's just that you got to peep game. But I'm definitely going to continue, come back again another time, check y'all out, see what y'all doing, see what we can politic on or something like that. But I'm definitely having my kids chase down the American dream, grab it, become rich, or whatever they got to do. But that's kind of a West Philadelphia mindset. So I don't know what to tell you about that. Well, let me say this. You said a whole lot right there, um, and I want the other callers to be able to, to get their points in as well. But let me let me say this to you real quick. Um, yeah, no. We we first of all we're on point. We don't believe in being racist at all. You know what I mean? Um, so when we say diamond, we're speaking on Europeans again. We're talking about the ones that are in position of political power who invokes their their um their power unjustly, you know, unjustly. And and that's who we're speaking about. We know that they are good white folk like they're bad black folk. I mean white folk. We have I have, you know, Caucasoid people that um I I I associate myself with and and, and uh, you know, talk to or whatever. 
But the problem is we are our biggest enemy, ourselves. You know what I'm saying? So I agree with you to some degree with that part, but we know exactly who our enemy is. Like you said, all other nationalities know who they, they, their enemy are. We do too. See, the problem is some of us don't want to know who the enemy is and don't want to recognize the enemy, but even the devil can fool you and disguise. You see what I'm saying? So even though, like you said earlier, you agreed earlier that all white people have a, a potential to become racist, and you said you see it all the time. Well, that's absolutely that, that point right there. You know, they can be disguised as friends, but in that one situation where it turns, you know, the, the opposite way and it goes, you know, left real quick, that nigga word coming out, the racism coming out. You know what I mean? I believe they all have that potential to do. Now, do they exercise it? You don't always see it. Or you don't always see it right away. Or sometimes it's done behind your back. Or sometimes it's done when they done drunk, you know, under the table. You know what I'm saying? And some true colors start to fly out their mouth. So yeah, um, yeah, it's not a it's not a racial thing at all point at all. It's a it's a knowledgeable thing. It's a right, but that's the game though. That's you know the game. That's the game. You gotta I, respect it. They gotta eat got too. You. They gotta eat. You and, know and, what I mean? They gotta eat and too. And that's I how they you, come but, up. But guess what? They don't have to eat at my table. Feel me? Feel me? Yeah, um, I feel you. I feel you. To, Let's go to Lady T. Lady T, how do we get our children to catch the American dream, or do we even allow our children to catch the American dream? Um, well, you know what I feel about the American dream, so I would not, t- for, for what it is in the definitions that we've seen on the Internet, the three different ones, I don't, you know, my sisters, my nieces and nephews to be a part of it, but <clears throat> we get them to catch it by first not their dream, but the dream that we know that is for, for us, we got to start living it first. They got to start seeing us be active first. They got to start hearing it in our conversations first. You know what I mean? They have to start listening in on these radio shows. And if we know it, then we'll be more censored and kind to the way that we speak because it's important that we get it to our children. You know, we let them and allow them to be on the radio, you know, their social media is very often. And one hour or, you know, 30 minutes out of the day, if we are aware that we're going to have children on the show, we will definitely, you know, be able to promote to to that because these are the sources. If y'all want to be on the phone all the time, then I want you to listen into, you know, this topic of discussion that's going on on, the, on this radio show right here. And, um, you know, moving forward, we will have more avenues um, where, you know, people will be able to, you know, look into different things that we do for a radio show. But in the meantime, um, like I said, ultimately, we have to start doing it ourselves. My sister, she thinks I'm crazy. All my nieces and nephews do as well because I just, you know, I talk differently and I speak about it in front of them. And I do it like, you know, um, um, Callie said, I do it on their level. And that's why they think I'm not grown. They're like, oh, you're a big kid. You, you're you too funny. You know what I mean? And I'm so glad that I can reach a child that's five, six, and seven, and eight, and all the way up to, you know, our maturity. So um, we got to be able to talk in different levels, in different languages, quote, unquote, you know what I mean, to the different levels that need to hear it because it's important. So in order to get our children involved, we have to be able to um, speak in the language, in the dialect that our children can understand it, and we have to be able to really do it in our lives, you know, um, 
so they can see it. You know, when we go out, instead of saying, oh, my God, look what she's wearing, look this, that, and a third, you know, just start to speak more positively and more accurately about the things that they are seeing. You know, if they're going to be watching videos, if they're going to be listening to this today's music, put on some Marvin Gaye. I grew up with, I mean, well, of course, like, I grew up with the best of the best music, but, you know, put on that Marvin Gaye, put on that, you know, um, the, the inspirational, even India Irie or, you know, Music Soul Child has some really good um, music that's just not so harsh to the kids' ears, you know, because they will become conditioned. Like, we were conditioned. We like that music, but they're conditioned to this new music, so all you have to do is start bringing back those CDs and eight tracks and, you know what I mean, popping them in and letting them groove with you, dance with them, love them, touch your children, kiss their faces off, you know, kiss yourself, look yourself in the mirror and start to appreciate your skin and your color because that's going to be able to allow you to appreciate that person and that woman and that man that you see outside that I walk by every day and I speak and it's almost like shocking to them that I'm speaking because we don't know each other. They have their head down. You know what I mean? When they see other people, I walk into an establishment, I see a gentleman, you know, who works there of color or, you know, of no color that will immediately, because of a person's way they dress or whatever or their color, they'll be like, oh, can I help you? They don't ask me if I need help. And I don't get mad, you know what I mean, But because I know of the ignorance. But I'm just saying, like, we ourselves, we have to be able to look at ourselves in the face because, you know, we carry so much hurt and we don't even, like, or we're not even honest about it. Like, my sisters will walk by. They will see me. I'll be looking at them. I'll be like, oh, my God, my people are so beautiful. I just want to tell them, but y'all don't want them to think, you know, nothing differently other than me just giving encouragement and power to another sister. You know what I mean? It always has to be taking something different. It always has to be taken out of context. Like, what's up? And I'm like, well, dang, I can't say hi or tell you you're beautiful and your hair looks nice. And even though it's kinky, I like kink. You know what I mean? I think it's awesome when I see it. So, you know. All in all, in all reality, to to bring it down and bring it in so others can talk. Just you know, starting to put love out there and and loving yourself first and being comfortable in the skin that you're in, so you can really, truly, genuinely love our people in order, so they can feel that. Because we can feel when something is negative. I don't care what you say out of love out your mouth, what you saying correctly. If it's not coming from a genuine place, sometimes we can really resent that as well. So we just have to start like breaking down that heat and um. And the kids will come. It's in the kids first, you know what I mean? That's why we got to make sure we keep them, you know, understood. You know, like Kelly says, she teaches her kids outside of school. And, and, and to, I'm really going to wrap this up, but to go into what the school system is with them, you know, giving them the test. Every time your child fails in school, to them it's a reflection of what we are still not doing with our children. And they can continue to do it because they're they're doing more and more. Like maybe when they get the test, they're getting harder because maybe more more parents are working with their children more. So when you see that, you'll know that we're doing something if the tests are getting harder. And you got to start looking at your kids' homeworks. You know, they're bringing a lot of stuff home. That's crazy. You know, and we because they're getting A's and hundreds and stuff like that, we don't even look at the words that's going on and the symbols that they're using inside there. It's sincere. It's, it's very sincere what's going on today, but good conversation, people. Everybody that was out there and who spoke on the radio tonight, you guys gave me a lot of insight. I was over here feeling like I was doing homework. Callie, I had a pen and paper for you. I might text it to you, you know. But um, <laughs> good night, good night. So, 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 you're saying don't allow our children to taste an American dream. Allow them to taste their dream. Give them a dream right. that they need to. You know, pretty much let them guide their dream, like Mr. Kelly said earlier, be a guide. Guide them to their dream. 
instead of an American dream, chase your dream. This is, the, this is to put it in layman terms. And we got to know what the founders were dreaming on, on to know what their dream was. And then we also have to go back to where what our ancestors was dreaming and what the for, our, our activists fought for, for them to understand. So, yeah, let them know what our, our founders, not the American founders, but our founders who are what our ancestors dreamt. And you tell them about your grandparents right. and your grand, you know what I mean? Let them know what their lineage is. They got to know their heritage. If they don't know that our people was kings and queens first before the the, the England became, well, might have been at the same time, whatever, I don't know. But we, we were kings and queens as well. We had our own. So you got to show them pictures of right. that so they can see that because they don't see that. In school, they showing them little girls and boys running around eating watermelons, looking crazy. Sincerely, they are. So that's right. how you got to right. do it. Gotcha. And, and I agree with that. I agree with that. Miss um, Kelly, you're in the building? Yes, I am. <laughs> Okay, so, yeah, how do we get our children to catch the American dream or do we not allow them to chase an American dream and, as Lady T just said, dare to dream themselves? Because, as Callie stated earlier, um, I don't think our ancestors had an American dream when they flourished. I think they had Adrian, I think we always thought opposite of what they thought. This is what I believe our ancestors did. You know what I mean? If you had to do all of this mopping and sweeping, then yes, you're going to create the mop or the boom. You know what I mean? If you're constantly living in, in, in darkness, then yes, you're going to create some type of filament to start the light bulb. Now, they stole these ideas from us, but we created them. So what's your thought on that? Do we get them to chase an American dream, or do we get them to dream themselves, dare to dream themselves and chase their own dream? Well, I'm going to try to condense this because um, a lot was said. So I definitely um, don't feel like the American dream is for our children. So, yes, they definitely, um, we have to empower them and help them to create their version of their dreams based on the history of America, the history of themselves. And like Lady P said, I mean, if you don't know yourself, you're dishonoring yourself, basically. So if you don't know who you are, um, you cannot even create, you can't create anything if you don't know who you are. So we're here. Like, like I said earlier, we can't go back to where we came from. So we have to exercise our right to choose, and we have to teach our children to exercise that right to choose. And, and we, we can do that in America. We can do that right now, even with all the, the bullshit that's going on. We have the right to choose our path, but we have to choose it based on what we know about ourselves. Um, so I just want to say to, um, to Mr. Callie, thank you for your service, because I have, like, a lot of respect a lot of love and respect for black men and women in the military because I, I just think that's, you know, beyond courageous. Hey, it's a um, hustle like everything else. I got paid for what I did. You know, I, you know, I appreciate when people say that, but you know, I just, it was a job. I went in, I did what I had to do. I got my benefits 
And, you know, I ran into racism, but I just stomped it out. You know what I mean? I didn't let it defeat me. So that's the thing that it, it gets to some people, but some people they can conquer it. But I knew who my enemies were and I knew who wasn't. So that's just how it goes. I can't just say, hey, um, it's like they want you to, a lot of the things they say, they want you to believe that. They want you to think that because, if you knew what's yours and what you're capable of doing, you know what I mean? It's like no limit to it. That's why I'm all for the American dream because we created it. I mean, look at Christmas addicts. If it wasn't for him standing up for himself, getting his, we wouldn't even had a revolutionary war. So you can't take the American dream from black kids because it belongs to them. They own it. They created it. Well, I think, all right, I mean, well. with, with- I'm sorry. Go ahead, ahead, Kelly. I'm going to let you address that, and then I'm going to go to Mr. I can't believe you said that. Okay. Um, Well, I was going to say, with you being in the military, you have a different perspective, and it's beautiful. I mean, because, you know, of course, we can collaborate our perspective and and really come up with some solutions, but um, right now I think the kids, the children are seeing the American dream as, you know, uh, Prada and Gucci and Versace and you know they we have to teach them what our ancestors have done, what the civil rights movement has done, and I still think that black people even then they were surviving, they weren't dreaming, they didn't have the energy to dream, they survived. So we have to we have to recreate all of this. I don't think we have a leg to stand on as far as dreaming because we have a lot of information that we we need to gather and we need to give to the kids because right now money is the dream and there's a lot of black people who are selling themselves out, have sold themselves out for a white woman and some money. So I think that we need to just repeach. We have to repeach and we're not in the same situation that we were in before. We have the right to choose. We have the right to choose so we can choose different and, and choose a different. We have to educate, and we have to educate differently. Uh, you know, as far as these tests that our kids are subjected to, a lot of parents don't know that they can say, no, I don't want my kids doing it, and I am one of those parents. But that's a choice. And if if other parents don't know that they can say, no, I don't want my kids stressed out like that, then they can't make that choice. So that's well, my kids is killing these tests. That's what my kids is doing. They're killing these tests. But I'm going to have to think on some of the stuff that you said because I don't think that I'm, you know, I don't, I don't like to speak about stuff I don't know about. And I think that you're right, and I'd like to learn from people. I just don't like to talk. So some of the things I need to do a little bit of research on and think about it because I think you're correct. But I got my kids just knocking them all out the box. Well, they all can knock it out the box, but is it necess- Is that helping them? Is that prepping them for real life? That's, yes, that's yes, issue. it is. Yes, it is because the thing is the level that we at right now, because you said there's levels to it, the level that we at right now, we got to learn that we're not in control of everything just yet, even though we are becoming in control of things. So they're going to get things thrown at them that, that they just have no control over. So they might as well yeah. learn now to, to, to knock it out. You know, it's competition. Everybody's taking it. 
do the best that you can, knock it out, go to the next level, and once you get up high enough, then you make changes so people behind you don't have to go through the same thing. But if there's nothing you can do about it, and they're going to be in that situation a lot. So they might well, me, learn me, now, me, hey. Yeah, let me go I, back I think, to I think it's Mr. Content, I can't though. believe he said that. Let me let me go to Mr. I can't believe he said that um, real quick so everyone gets in before we close out. Um, that that's some that's some that's a whole different dialogue right there, brother. Um, Mr. I can't believe he said that. You in the building? You know I'm in the building. You know I'm in the building. All right. You know so I mean? do do we let our children chase the American dream, or do we let them you know dare the dream and create their own dream? Listen, I don't subscribe to nothing this country do. Nothing. I'm keeping a bean with you. I'm trying to leave. I'm trying to go to Canada. And I'm taking my family with And I'm taking my family with me. I'm not subscribing to none of this stuff. None of the propaganda the media puts out there, the in you know, well, how about this? You know the American dream I would like for us to chase? It's a day when our kids can go outside and play and not be killed. Mm. When an unarmed man that has his hands up is not choked out. When a man is in a car with his kid and he has a licensed firearm is not shot in front of his daughter. When Sandra Blaine isn't handcuffed and killed. When Trayvon Martin is allowed to walk through a neighborhood with a hood on. That's the dream I want us to chase. Where our kids grow up to be adults. That's a dream. That's a dream we should be chasing. When you're not judged just by the melanin in your skin. And when some of the oppression that is coming down upon you is not given by your own. See, we chase an education. Go to college. Be something to yourself. The 1% never even went past the fifth grade. So think about that. We score high on tests for what? We run in a race when there's no finish line until they say finish us. We chasing a dream like a crackhead chases that first high. You'll never get it. You got to maintain for yourself and sustain for your children. The worst thing in this world, the worst thing they ever did in this country was integration. Mm-hmm. But see, we'll never get back to that because we got, you know, butlers that to mingle with the folks. That's cool with that. You know what I mean? They cool with being in a big house. I'm cool. I stay in the field. Do what I need to do. 
I can't I can't switch. And, it's, it's it's funny you say that because I I uh you know, I say it all the time and I wrote a poem like once black people when we were segregated, we were better off once we got integrated. Or you know, we lost our sense of identity. We stopped supporting each other. But to add to what you said, with that American dream, and this is how I'm going to pretty much conclude this show, with that chasing that American dream that Mr. I can't believe he said that, just said, is going to require us to stop killing each other. It's going to require our police, as Karis once so elegantly put it, Stop showing out for the white cop. It's going to take for us to start patronizing our own mom and pop shop and stop picking them up and robbing them. It's going to take for us to stop raping our own women. It's going to take for us to pick up a book like Lady T said and read because I I have this saying. Knowledge ain't power. Knowledge is freedom and freedom is power. So once you get that knowledge, when you open that book and you read and you acquire that knowledge, you become free because you you just set your mind free. And once you set your mind free, you are powerful. Once you armed yourself with that, that knowledge, you are now free because you are no longer mentally entrapped in whatever or enslaved and whatever corporate or educational or institutional. You're no longer brainwashed and conditioned See, the American dream, people, is to blind you. It's to blind you. That's my opinion. That's how I feel. Um, But you have a dream. You can have a dream to be successful. That don't have to be the American dream. You can have a dream to be liberated. That don't have to be an American dream. That is your dream. And I think that's what our ancestors dreamt. And I think that's why they were more awake than our sleep ashes are today. Thank you for tuning in to On Point Radio with your host, Mr. Controversy, a.k.a. Mr. On Point on Straight Talk. On Point Radio, and you know how we go out. This, is, this, this song goes out to my team. Congratulations, Miss Kelly, who joined the On Point team. Looking forward to Friday. Yes, thank you.
You on point? What in the world? I'll say it again. You on point? Because, yeah, I'm on point. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.